Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Hello again, everyone. This is episode 48, the Nazi Mohammed, Charlotte Bobcats legend of the Walder Sportscast. I'm your host, Chris Walder, that guy who brings the heat on social media with Simpsons memes at Walder Sports. And a friendly reminder to leave a rating and review when you're done checking out today's episode because it really does help out the podcast. As you all know, the 2020 Olympic Games are kind of taking over the airwaves as of late. And our friends at DraftKings have you covered with free-to-play pools each and every day of the games in Tokyo with a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. Now just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Answer a handful of questions concerning that day's events and track your results throughout the day. It could be questions about medal counts or how a country is going to fare. It's safe, secure, and reliable fun, so download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Now on to today's show, it cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars, a ton of pestering, dozens of emails, but I made it happen. Actually, it required none of those things, just a friendly tweet and DM, but (laughs) today's guest is perhaps the fastest rising star in Raptors Twitter. Hell, you know what? Go above and beyond that. It could be NBA Twitter at this point. It's Reese, aka Rock Lee Reese on the Twitter sphere. He's hosted some amazing Twitter spaces recently with Jake Fisher, garnering a ton of new followers along the way. He's also a part of the incredibly entertaining Third Intermission Hockey Podcast alongside former guest Jordan Hales. Actually, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, and I believe this evening Reese is going to be hosting another space with Jake. You never know what you're going to get with Reese, but he's a great guy, and I'm happy to have him on the podcast today. And if you haven't already... My last episode with the Athletics Jerome Chang was awesome. He, you know, free Jerome on Twitter, by the way. I believe his Black Dragon Roll handle is still suspended. I think it had something to do with DCA flags or something of that nature. Maybe posting a music video or something. Perhaps sharing copyrighted material. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. But I've been flagged for that as well in the past. But he was an incredible guest. The first time we've ever chatted, by the way. Give him a follow on his new account, at Lime. And let's hope he gets his OG account back soon enough. With all that being said, though, Reese will be making his Walder Sportscast debut after this quick break. So keep it locked. is the Twitter legend himself, Reese, aka Rock Lee Reese on the platform, the host of some incredibly popular Twitter spaces as of late, and one of the many hosts of the Third Intermission Hockey Podcast. Reese, thank you for joining me today, buddy. My God, Chris, thanks for having me. Happy Sunday, everybody. Uh, The eve of NBA free agency, so uh, it's going to be a good 
24, 48 hours here. A special like one name guest on the podcast. Are you like Drake or, or Beyonce? You're sticking with that one famous name and just rolling with that? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, you never know what the future holds. But uh, as of now, uh, sure. Yeah, I, you said Drake and Beyonce. I was thinking more like Cher, you know, like. Oh, there like you go. A, <laughs> an, an obscure, <laughs> not where, but, uh, but yeah, man. Thanks for having me big fan the pleasure is all mine man i mean i've been following you since may or so i I was originally drawn to your twitter takes during the toronto maple leafs and montreal canadian series i tried to dive headfirst into nhl games you know but (laughs) uh, of course the leafs kind of let us all down blowing that 3-1 series lead but it's it's been a few months since that series unfolded. You know, the Leafs have made some moves then, of course, lost, lost some guys along the way. So before we get into some basketball talk here, which will be the juxta of this podcast, have you cooled off since that defeat? Or are you any more optimistic about the Toronto Maple Leafs moving forward? Or does that series still sting? You know, Chris, I have no choice. Uh, whether or not we like it, this is the most talented Leafs team or like core pieces of a team uh, in our lifetime. <laughs> so I have no choice but to be invested in, you know, like with Marner, Nylander, Matthews, you, you know, JT, like you love these guys, like from the jump, right? Like Austin Matthews, I had the pleasure of watching his games when he was playing on the development program based out of Michigan. And then you see him go to Austria as a kid and dominate there. And then it's like the Leafs finished dead last. And you're just like, ah, oh, it would just be nice to have like our own guy, like face of the franchise, especially with, with Toronto being like the hockey Mecca and, Sundin has been gone for a while now and just can really replace that type of star aura. It was just really nice to have him. And, you know, Marner's great. Nylander, like you, you see them grow and become like the stars that they are today. And it's, you know, it was tough to lose to Montreal, but Montreal went to the finals, you know, so that made it a little easier to swallow. It's just, they caught lightning in a bottle and that's playoff hockey. Like the margins, the margin of error is just so little. So, um, and the talent gap is not like other leagues like basketball and whatnot, where five guys are you have a huge impact that your best player plays 20 minutes a night, a third of the game. So it is what it is. I think the Leafs have done some good, good things in the offseason here. Um, I've been tracking that as always. You're kind of in that mode. How can how can the Leafs get better? And uh, I think they did for low cost buys, high, you know, low risk, high reward guys. Um, but it was tough to lose like Zach Hyman, like Freddie Anderson's important. It's important getting the Leafs back into the playoffs. You know, it didn't end well for him with his career in Toronto, but, you know, there is no big four, core four, and, you know, JT's not coming here if you don't have, like, that stability and that that he gave you all year and getting you to the playoffs and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I think we'll all be excited for the Leafs come September, October. We have to, so... Um, they're a good team. They'll figure it out. They're still young. I was going to say, you kind of answered it. Do you take solace in the fact that it was the Montreal Canadiens eventually getting to the Stanley Cup? Or does it bother you even just a little bit more knowing that, hey, the Toronto Maple Leafs could have had that same road to the Stanley Cup. That could have been them in the finals and maybe them hoisting the Stanley Cup. It was right there for them. Like, I, There's no easy path because I, I think once the Leafs were up 3-1 on Montreal, they kind of looked beyond them. And you can't do that. But if there was any road to the finals like this was an easy one like you you're gonna beat montreal who montreal is probably one of the worst regular season teams that got into the playoffs and then you were gonna have a beaten bruised up winnipeg and then a, a tougher matchup in vegas but montreal beat them so it's like ah oh, that that would have been uh you know toronto tampa would have been a really exciting cup final a lot of goals a lot of back and forth it wouldn't have been, been a five five game series potentially six seven so no it sucks but um I think the Leafs have a great opportunity, especially as fans get back in, to see us hoist the Stanley Cup in front of 
15, 20,000 people. And like, you know, what, what do we call it? Jurassic Park now or yeah. Maple Leaf Square, whatever they want to, you know, call it and seeing everyone go crazy there. Uh, uh, that'd be special. So at least that's something to think about uh, going into next year as things kind of normalize and, uh, you know, the, the Leafs can play the rest of the league and have fans and whatnot. The heartbreaking defeat in the playoffs. That doesn't mean we're going to see the retiring of the Leaf Dem hashtag, are we? Never. You're going you're, you're <laughs> to see the preseason game one, uh, whether it's Ottawa or whatever, like the rookie games, uh, the rookie tournament that they have uh, uh, every August. I don't know if they're going to still have it um, with COVID and whatnot, but uh, we're, we're starting up there. So leave them as forever. Well, I, I just want to add to, I think it's so cool that there's a hockey podcast out there. And I'm talking about the third intermission hockey podcast, of thank course, you, you. you know, that that's all black voices because, you know, from the outside looking in for a casual hockey fan like myself, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of that in hockey media or, or NHL media in particular particular you know as a black man being a hockey fan yourself do you feel it all represented in the media today and, and how important was it for you and the rest of the guys at the third intermission podcast to kind of step in and represent that fan base uh well like i want to give the roses to the guys that look like your everyday canadian everyday you know toronto mans and and women um that are in media and, it, and it's getting there but it's not all the way there right so um right. And, it, and it's not so much media itself because there are people that look like myself and you know the rest of the cast that love the game it's just more so what the nhl and just hockey as a culture is doing to make the game inclusive make it so more men women people of color and people of different orientations and whatnot can enjoy what is a very fun game it's exciting to watch it's exciting to be a part of like if you've ever been to a live hockey game like the shit is nuts like it's so much fun like it's so physical and loud like fights are amazing like this high skill plays and like you're defying gravity you got you know one inch knife blades on your feet and you're on <laughs> ice you know like you're defying gravity there so it's such a fun game and we just want it to you know be accessible to everybody whether that be playing whether that be learning about it hearing about it and uh everyone especially like men and women and minorities have had this feeling where sometimes you'll go to like a bar or jump in a conversation with a bunch of white guys and talk a certain sport and like sometimes they like look at you like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about but like <laughs> we do know what we're talking about right you know we love the game too and you know we want to be a part of the game just as much as everybody else uh which the game tries to kind of focus on young affluent rich white males when you know that's not good for the sport because you're just limiting yourself to one demographic you know if you get people of all different colors orientations playing you're just adding more skill it's going to be a more dynamic game a fun game and a better game so uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing what kind of spurred your love for hockey in the first place like does it date back to when you were a kid or is hockey something that you recently got into i'm from toronto baby so like you know my parents are from somalia like the you know, they go over the ocean, they they come to Canada and, you know, they want to uh, assimilate with the culture, right? You know, immigrant kids are going to have like, they'll relate to me on this one in that sometimes it's hard to balance out your own culture with the culture of the place that you live now. Right. And like, you want to feel like you fit in. And the first thing you do when you're a Canadian and and you want to fit in is you want you want to like hockey. It's, it's Canada's pastime. You know, if you're from Toronto, you love the Leafs first. And I'm born in 94. My parents came to Canada around 93. So it's like there wasn't the Raptors yet. Uh, my dad liked basketball, like loved Michael Jordan. That's how he got into the game. You know, 
sports is big in helping my dad learn English, like hearing commentary and stuff like that. He used to tell me. So uh, yeah, just the Leafs are special. Like the Raptors are special. Like uh, Toronto is a very diverse city and fan base where it feels like there's people from all over the world that, you know, fuck with the rap, excuse my language, uh, or the Leafs and whatnot, if they like the game. And it's, it's, it's cool. Like if you talk to someone from Africa that, oh, I like hockey. What's your team? Oh, the Leafs. Like, you know, it's not going to be the Devils. It's not going to be the Bruins. <laughs> like it's going to be the Leafs. So it's a special city and like sports in Toronto is special. So uh, yeah, like uh, hopefully I answered your question there and didn't ramble. It's all good, man. I-, I was curious too. Have you ever played hockey back in the day? Is there any footage or, or photographs out there of Reese and a pair of skates? I, I-, I got some. Uh, I-, I can DM you. Yeah, yeah, I played. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, when I was living in Canada, I couldn't afford to be on ice in, in-, in Canada. So I was your ball hockey LeBron James superstar, just always the best player in class. Like me or like one other guy, like whoever the second best player is, like on some Ash versus Gary type ish. Like we'll be on different teams and like we're just it's like LeBron and KD going at it. So that's kind of <laughs> how I used to treat ball hockey. And then you play like the foot hockey in recess. So big onto that and then had a pit stop in the UK. And then when I moved to the United States and dad's taxi business does well and then you know everyone is eating good. It was like, it's it's time, like, y'all got to put me on the ice now. So I, I got on the ice <laughs> a little later, around like 10, 11. But yeah, travel, like, you know, middle school, high school, you name it, I was there. Uh, I, I did community college, Puck too, before I transferred to Mizzou. Um, that's where I did my undergrad. And then uh, not now, like, pick up and stuff like that. Uh, you know, so beer league, you name it. Like, I got a couple beer league championships. I'll show you my Instagram. Or I got, like, old Instagram pictures that have since been deleted, but I'll DM you of, like, me holding the trophy and like a bottle of champagne and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, if anybody needs a beer league hockey player, I'm always available. Find me out, you know, pay me a nice little chunk of change and uh, I can play center, I can play defenseman. You need, if you need me to play goalie, I'll play goalie. Well, look, man, I'm, I've lived in Canada my entire life and I've put on a pair of skates only a handful of times. And Lord knows that if I get out there on the ice, I'm going to be falling right on my face and the world does not need to see that. But I would love, uh, hopefully you can show me some of those pictures of you uh, playing hockey back in the day because... Uh, uh, Lord knows you can kick my ass in that sport. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, you know, uh, I know you're married. Uh, if you ever need a date idea, everybody loves uh, skating. So if you get yourself a couple lessons first and then take your wife there so you can look like an expert, uh, I think she'll enjoy that. So, Well, well that's the thing. We, we've talked about going skating in the past. Uh, you know, Nathan Phillips Square here in Toronto is a big place mm-hmm. where everyone skates for, for those who are unaware. But uh, I think the last time I went was maybe four years ago or, or five, six years ago with an ex. And uh, it, it was quite embarrassing. And my butt hurt <laughs> for, for quite a long time. So I think I need to muster <laughs> up the courage to take my fi- uh, It's actually my fiance. We're not married okay. yet. Uh, shout out okay, to, okay. to Walt Disney World. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. We're getting married in December. Hopefully, God, uh, everything awesome. plans out with COVID and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it, uh, maybe in November or December, maybe after we, when we get back, you know, maybe we'll celebrate with some ice skating lessons for, for yours Absolutely. truly. Because uh, yeah, right now, Got to, man. it's an ugly sight. Uh, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not as Canadian as I think, but we'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> in December. But uh, again, I, I just want to say, I think you guys at, at Third Intermission do such an awesome job. Really I think your last it. episode was on July 3rd or so. So I'm sure more episodes will be emerging once we kind of get into the swing of things with, with more hockey news in the new season. But, Absolutely. you know, the Stay way tuned. you guys kind of represent the, the fan base in that regard, I think you're kind of slowly evolving to representing another fan base 
my friend. And of course, we're talking about Toronto Raptors Twitter. You know, people have called you the voice of the people, if you will. And and like I mentioned in the intro, you recently gained a ton of traction when you had Bleacher Reports Jake Fisher on one of your Twitter spaces. Shout out Jake. He's had a ton of those reports, including some concerning the Raptors. And of course, a lot of them led into the Mm -hmm. recent NBA draft. And it was funny too, when I was looking through your Twitter, you had this tweet asking who Jake Fisher was and why there's a C (laughs) in his last name, which I thought was really funny. Uh, how How did you get from asking who he was to getting him on a Twitter space, what was your thought process like in bringing that space together? First of all, shout out Jake. He's actually a really cool guy, like uh, very genuine, easy to talk to. So uh, I just want to give him his uh, roses here. Uh, when it, So like how I look at things with Rappers Twitter and like the stuff that we talk about, everyone has, I, I don't think there's like, like just people are super different thinking when it comes to our team. Like everyone wants us to win a championship. For the most part, we know who our guys are like the ones that we lean on. We know which guys we're a little skeptical on and whatnot. So with free agency coming and the draft coming, everyone wants a game changing franchise, changing talent. We want good free agents. We want to compete again. So like our thought process for the most part align is just with Twitter. Sometimes there lacks context and then people get to arguing and screaming at each other and all that type of shit. And I I get involved in that too. I like I like to, you know, be angry too. Um, but when it, but with us having all the same questions and I'm like, Jake Fisher's getting traction throughout the league because some of the things that he's been writing about or posting as rumors have kind of been hitting, right? Like you, you want to trust, but verify. And like the Pacers thing was, you know, that was his story and that was huge for him. And then you had, uh, the Memphis trade and like, he called it before everybody. And then like, so he's like kind of two for two or three for three. And I'm like, he's reporting Raptor stuff. And mind you, I'm like following the draft quite a bit. I, I, I like college basketball a lot. Like I follow like high school and AAU. Like um, I, my roommate's like a former like AAU star. Like he's a fucking bucket. Like he's a dog. So like <laughs> I'm learning the game through him, you know, over the years and whatnot. So Jake is doing all of these things, calling out all these things. And I'm like, you know what? I want to know if it's true. Like I just directly DM'd him like you would anybody else. Like if you want answers to some of these questions just go right to the source i send them a dm i'm like hey like raptors twitter including myself we've been talking about you for a minute now you know you're you're a hot name out here we would love to talk to you in like a spaces like i like i, I used to do like clubhouse so like i wasn't big into right. spaces yet but i'm like that's what people are doing like okay like let's bring them on to spaces like i'll get all my followers and you know we all want to hear what you got to say we want to hear about the raptors like uh and you know he's got a book to sell so i'm like that's that's some potential buyers for you. Like it's a win-win. So like, yeah, he's like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. You know, um, what time works best for you? You know, we shot the shits, we got him there. It's crazy. We did it at the same time as uh, the Raptors official Twitter. And I did that by design. I, I talked with the Dish- Dishes host. So I co-hosted it with them. Shout out Dishes and Dimes podcast. Uh, yes. They have a great platform. So I was like, it's a great idea. Like we want as many as well as, you know, women fan base to be there. We want some voices from the show to be there um, because they do the interview style way better. Like, and it's like, they're just very proper. They're like, they're like media darlings, you know, like they know how to handle that type of stuff. And like me, I'm just like your bar type talk sports asshole. Like, (laughs) you know, so like you need to kind of like the best of both worlds. So I got them there and by design, we did it the same time as the Raptor spaces because that was going to be the most t- like time where everyone's going to be interested in what's going on with the Raptors. Like everyone is going to be Twitter searching Raptors rumors, you know, 
trade, draft, all that type of stuff. You're going to get a lot of traffic that time of night. So I wasn't thinking we're going to get a super bunch of people, but like if we can get a hundred people, a couple hundred people to hear Jake out and, you know, drop some dimes, it'd be amazing. Right. And then it turns out like 600, 700 people there. I'm like, God damn. Like at this point, like, and I'm like, hi too, when it's happening. Sorry, (laughs) I wasn't supposed to say that. So I'm like, I'm trying to like ask them these questions and stuff. And like the number of people that keep joining was like distracting me. I'm like, oh my God, like, like, like Jake is the guru. And like, I'm seeing like the tweets as they're happening. People are like, man, I don't believe him, man. F him. Like (laughs) I hate him. Like he's ruining, he's ruining my life. He's ruining our team. And then the next day happens, everything he says hits. And it's like, we take Scotty Barnes, Orlando takes France Wagner. He dropped that. Like he was like, Orlando really likes them. Suggs is high for them. Like everything that he said happened. I'm like, shit, this guy like is really connected. And, and like seeing Raptors Twitter be like, wow, Jake is right. I, I, I feel so bad, blah, blah, blah. Or I can't believe it. Like he's goaded all this. He's a generational talent. Like I love that. So I'm like, we got to get him back on. I was going to say, I, I'm slowly becoming the woge of Twitter spaces because I'm getting this breaking news that you were high during one of the most famous Twitter spaces <laughs> of the year for Toronto Raptors Twitter. <laughs> well, like, uh, you know, I don't want to like uh, make anyone feel good if they smoke or bad if they don't like what, whatever. But uh, of course, you know, with something as big as that, like, you know, I'm, I'm a human being, like, I was like a little nervous. Like, I don't really do stuff like that. You know, it's not my space. <laughs> like, uh, I, I just, I love talking to rappers because I'm a fan of the game. I'm the fan of the team, but like, I'm not like, I really respect the media people like that. This They do this shit. Like this is their livelihood or this is like their craft. So I don't want to like be that type where like, I'm dishonoring or like disrespecting what people do. So that's why it's big getting dishes. And I appreciate them willing to do that. And then also like, I took questions from, all of us, right? Our community. I was like, if you got questions for this guy, DM me, text me, call me. Cause I want what you guys have to talk about or want to talk about or hear about. Like, I want him to answer it. Like, uh, this is not so much for me. It's for all of us. Right. And I guess that's why I've been getting a following because, uh, sometimes with Raptors media and I know they work their ass off, but sometimes the disconnect is because we're close to the Raptors. We're media trained. We went to journalism school or like we do this, like that we know better or we have more sources, or we just understand how shit works more than y'all. So like, shut up and just enjoy our content and just go based off of that. And I'm like, nobody trying to hear that, you know? Like we we have our own opinions too. We have our own ideas. We have our own questions. We're skeptical of some things. We're optimistic about others. So like, uh, we want to do it our way. So I wanted to hear their questions. I wanted to get them up to speak. Like how we kind of set it up is I have my heavy hitters. Like, so me and my co-host, like, Shout out Kate. I I got Kate there. Like she's got a pretty big following because yes. she drops a lot of gems and and whatnot. Avi Raptors Twitter. I like them boys a lot. They're kind of misunderstood because the way that they talk about the game is like no holds barred. And like I like that. You know, like I don't want to censor and I don't want anyone to feel censored to talk a sport. Like obviously don't cross the line and you know be like super dark or like disrespectful. But yeah, mm-hmm. like so that was pretty big. Um, and then like, we'd bring people up, we'd invite them up and we'd be like, like, they'll shoot me a DM like, Hey Reese, can I come up? I got a question for Jake. Yeah. Cause this is for all our voices, you know, like we want to know what's going on with the Raptors and we want to know it directly from the sources that do know. So, and yeah, going back to the weed thing, I smoked because I was, yeah, I was nervous. I was like, man, let me, let me puff a blunt, calm the nerves, <laughs> practice the reading the questions aloud. And, uh, 
tee it off for him. So hey, look, man, I don't judge. Whatever gets you through the space. I know this was a big <laughs> deal for you, of course, because you know you don't have that media background, and then you have so many listeners in this space. You're you're interviewing someone who has had a lot of you know reports that turned out to be very credible when it pertains to the Toronto Raptors, Absolutely. and you go ahead, you go head to head with the official Toronto Raptors. Twitter space that evening, was there any sense of personal pride on your part knowing that you outdrew the actual team? I mean, we wanted both to succeed, but at the end of the day, it did appear that you had more listeners. Yeah, I mean, like, shout out their media team. Like, I'm sure they're good people. Like, I'm sure their content is all real good and all that type of stuff. It's just uh, their audience is just a different audience than mine. That's why we did similar numbers. If I beat them, great. Like, um, you know, obviously that feels good for yourself and like, I'm sure it's going to feel good for, you know, dishes as well. But um, like, I'm just more worried about the audience I serve are like people like me and like think like me and are like, we're in your face. Like we, we, we're going to question everything. We're going to, we're going to be them assholes. Like, you know, cause we want to win. And, you know, sometimes like we won't take no for an answer when it comes to like wanting our team to be better. And like, you know, sometimes we're impatient. Like I got to stick up my ass. Like I want to know exactly what's going on. I want us to, do things that make us better and like sometimes i'm impatient sometimes i'm gonna you know push the envelope i'm gonna question the establishment you know and it's a little different audience than the raptors because they work for the raptors so like they can't shit on their boss like me i you know shout out nick nurse shout out Masai, but i don't know them like and they don't know me like they don't I, i'm sure they don't care about what i have to say like i care about them obviously because they run my team but you know, if like, for example, we had a wasted lost season, so I'm not I don't feel good about it. And I'm going to say, like, what happened? You know, so <laughs> a lot of a lot of like, you know, being in Tampa, like there's a lot of factors beyond their control that was unfair. And, you know, you'll put that into account. But, yeah, we're going to push the envelope. We're going to ask all the hard questions. We want to know exactly what's happening. And we don't want to we don't want to be nice about it, you know. Well, don't get too big now. I might be seeing some of your tweets show up on TSN or Sportsnet, you know? Reese calling out Masai Ujiri. Oh, my God. Uh, I got love for Masai. He brought us a championship, you know, and he's a good leader of people. Like, um, you know, he's damn near the, the face of Canada. He's almost as big as the prime minister. So, like, you know, we love Masai. We love Nick. We love the players. Like, obviously, they're good people. They're good, big parts of the community back when the team was in Toronto. So, like, you know, it's, it's all love, but, you know, that – we're a part of NBA Twitter where, you know, no one cuts me a check to talk sports. So like, I don't follow the same rules as the ones that do. Right. So I, I go by my own accord, you know, and if people rock with it, that's, that's amazing. If they don't, I know there's a couple people that aren't fans and, you know, it's still all love. They got, I don't give a shit. Well, you know I'm a fan. I mean, that's a reason why I had you on the podcast in the first place. I'm not just, I'm not one of those people. I'm not a part of the haters, yeah. so to speak. But a lot of people have shown you support, saying that you should be doing more of this, more media work. You know, maybe should we be expecting the the Reese podcast anytime soon, or do you even want to go above and beyond that? Uh, we'll see. Like you know, like you still got real life. You know, like I I got my own career aspirations uh, away from uh media stuff i do this because the shit's fun you know like i i enjoy talking to a bunch of people that like the same stuff i do you know like we like the raptors i could talk about that all day talk about the leafs i could talk about music like uh that's my my alley and i think about it all the time like it's crazy um like i'm a pretty big homebody like i like to be at the house like i like turn on music and then just be on twitter and see what people are talking about like um especially with it still being kind of a pandemic and potentially another shutdown. It's not like I can like always go outside and just do that with everybody else, you know, like, um, right. 
So it's 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 a breath of fresh air to be in this space. It's uh, enjoyable. Um, considering some stuff like you know, um, you know, never say never. But uh, I don't know that I hear it. I like hearing people compliment it, but uh, I don't know yet if I'm gonna super pursue it. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. this program to bring you a special report just a friendly reminder that today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at manscaped who just launched their fourth generation performance package which includes the lawnmower 4.0 you heard that right the 4.0 complement your summer body with the trim from the leaders in male grooming today the sun is shining and calling your name fellas so join the two million men worldwide who trust manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with the code WALDER. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of those goodies. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and gives you the ability to turn that LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? Well, the package also includes the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Before heading outside, use Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your beach balls a boost and use Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring that comfort in boxers to another level. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code WALDER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code WALDER at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with our friends at Manscaped. Well, as popular as you are on Raptors Twitter, there may be one person out there right now who is currently more popular than you, and it is Scotty Barnes. You know, Reese, I've never seen a quicker 180 on Twitter. (laughs) In the history of Twitter, the 180 that you've pulled when it comes to (laughs) Scotty Barnes, and I can prove it right here because I've done my research, my my friend. On July 25th, you tweeted, and I quote, We draft Scotty Barnes, y'all won't see me on this app anymore, unquote. And then the next day you tweeted, quote, moved up to pick four for Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I'm a pull up to Scotiabank Arena like Bane and start a riot, unquote. <laughs> but but now, you know, you're repping Scotty on Twitter. You're waving that flag. You're saying he's going to be gotcha. an all-NBA player in four years. You said he's your favorite player <laughs> Reese, what exactly changed and what was your immediate reaction like when you learned that he was the pick and not Jalen Suggs? Well, like the feeling hasn't changed. I don't agree with the pick. I think when it's all said and done, Jalen Suggs is not only the better player today, is going to be the better player at the next level. Uh, It's not anything to do with Scotty not being a good player. It's never been about that. You know, it's just I feel that strongly about Jalen Suggs. You know, I, I like watching college hoops. I like what he did at Gonzaga. And I think in the biggest stage, he elevated his play and was the best player in the NCAA tournament. It was a joy to watch him. It, it, he reminds me just of, of a bigger Kyle Lowry, right? He just makes those Kyle Lowry type plays, take a charge, 
block, big steal transition. If you need a big three, pull up three, he'll get it, uh, get you that play. Like he just, he just has that star aura and he just made everyone better. And like, I'm just watching his journey and then us getting into that top four, you're salivating at, you know, is it Evan Mobley? Is it Jalen Green? Is it Jalen Suggs? Like, it's not so much that's what the media told us. Like, like, we, we knew who those players were when they're in high school. Like, you know, I like watching hoop mixtape, high, the highlights of these uh high school kids. Like, and I'm a Mizzou fan from undergrad and I grew up in Michigan. So like, I love Michigan hoops. So right. you're always, you're looking at these kids stars and like their highlight tapes and stuff when they're in high school for college recruiting. And then it's, you see how they progress and what type of pro prospects they become. Suggs is a no brainer. Like he's a special kid. I will say this about Scotty, you know, uh, I watched quite a bit of Scotty. There's nothing to do with him not being a good player, good prospect. I It starts to make a little more sense to me based off of listening to Nick and this, listening to Bobby of the vision they see for Scotty, especially the athletic profile and him being a true 6'9 point guard who might be a way better athlete in the coming years than we think now with his athletic profile and some of his like testing. And if the jump shot comes – you're looking at a potential six nine demon. Like I get it. So uh, if he, he's gonna be good, like uh, he's got a high floor. You know, he's got a, the athletic profile, the defensive versatility. Like can push the ball. Like I, I just I question the scoring instincts. And the one thing that worries me is uh the the guys that score at the next level, they scored at every level. So part of me has a hard time believing all of a sudden you're gonna be a twenty plus a game guy. But, you know, this is the same organization that wanted Giannis really bad. You know, like yeah. they saw they saw it with Giannis. They they, they get paid the big bucks. Right. So uh, uh, versus, you know, I still have work to do with my acumen of the game, my knowledge of the game and whatnot. Um, but at face value, I, it, it was sucks for me. I was disappointed. You know, you you start to love these guys in the process, too. Like you start talking yourself into it. And there's a little bias there, of course, like I'm a human being. So uh it's just you you envision how Suggs would fit, but now I gotta envision life with Scotty Barnes and you know, he's a good kid, he works hard, uh we're gonna like him. You know, some of the antics are hilarious. Like and I was talking <laughs> shit about I was talking shit about it when, you know, we didn't have him. Like this dancing ass boy, like boy, get a block and start shimmying and stuff like that. I'm like, God <laughs> damn, like if I'm playing like I've I've gone to LA fitness runs where you played against those type of guys, they hit a three and start dancing like you're you just wanna throw the ball at their face or you know, like, so I get it, you know, um, but he, he loves to be here. That's the number one thing with everything, right? Like organizations, relationships, you, you love people that want to be where you're at, you know? So uh, he's already got big pride of being in Toronto. The celebration was nuts. And like, you want to root for someone like that. So I'm excited uh, to, to see his growth and progression. And I just, I just want another shit, man. I, I want to see another title. I know there's been those reports out there too, from executives around the league who are suggesting that because the Raptors drafted Scotty Barnes, that they may be in the market to move someone like a Pascal Siakam. Are you of that mindset? No, because I think Pascal is more valuable to the team than he would in any trade back because the team that would be interested in the Pascal is probably a contender and they would need him as a number two. And while a number championship number two is expensive, I don't think the type of assets that we would get would be of equal value to the value he brings on the court every night, you know, I, I have my love hate with Pascal because he is my favorite player on the team. And, you know, I've been a big fan of his since we drafted him and watching his old New Mexico state highlights, like he was going crazy. He's a conference player of the year, 20 a game guy. Like, and when they play power five schools, he was elevating like uh, Pascal, like if you're in the, in the college game, like he was one of those sleeper guys 
And then he came to the combine and he was busting everybody ass. Like, so seeing his growth and then, you know, dominating in the G league and then the NBA finals, like uh, it's easy to rag on Pascal for what he's not. And believe me, I'm, I do that often, but like, he's a special guy, like special player. Like he does so many things for you on the defensive side. Like right. offensive load is crazy. Like he's gotten better as a playmaker. Uh, he's got a legit in between game, like a legit mid range game in the stats. I'll show you the three ball fell off and maybe my view of him at like ascending and taking that next level, uh, is a little distorted because the three ball didn't go in, but, uh, like you, you, whatever assets you get, you hope they can be 80% of Pascal. So I, I think he's still young enough. Like he's getting better. 27 OG's 24. You got Scotty Barnes now. Like that's a legit, like demonic big front court that can do a lot of things defensively and offensively. So it's like, we'll build around it, kind of keep it pushing. Now, if you can get a deal for Pascal that gets you a, like a superstar or number one, or just a shit ton of assets for like the next decade that yeah. you can build a dynasty with or multiple core pieces. Okay. That, I get it, but you're not going to get that. Some of the deals that I'm hearing now are disgusting. Like they're just not done. Like, no, like Pascal gets you 20 to 25 a night, five assists, eight rebounds and plays elite defense. Like it might not be good enough to beat the elite teams, but it's good enough to just get you through a Wednesday night versus the Hornets. So uh, I, I'd like to keep Pascal and I like to kind of see this through. What do you think happens first? We learn what happens in terms of Kyle Lowry's immediate future or Scotty Barnes takes off his draft hat. <laughs> I think he's going to be keeping that hat off for a while. I, I think the, the hat hair is developing there too. I, I've had his hairstyle before, before I got my shit braided. So uh, uh, the hat is, the hat is important and the hair flow is popping. So, I, you know, the, the hockey in me is uh, impressed. You know, we, we love good hair flow. So uh, yeah, just, uh, I, I think we'll get a Kyle resolution pretty quickly here. I would like to keep Kyle because I'm cool with competing and making the playoffs next year. And you're a be- way better team with Kyle than without um, but Kyle is kind of winding down the prime years or just like the high level ability he's got. And I think basketball players are prideful. They want to be good while competing for a championship. Like you don't want to be a guy that was a part of a championship run, but didn't play like, so right. that's why like everyone is like, Oh, just, you can wait till the end of your career and then just like go up, go to like the best team in the league. And then just like, I, I don't think guys like that for real. I think they want to play. I think they want to impact the game. So Kyle, while probably has two more years of elite level point guard play, or at the very least above average point guard play. So I, I think teams like Miami, like the Mavs, like her, the Pelicans, they they want to be like that Suns type of story where you just add a veteran calming presence, uh, like a Kyle Lowry, and then you guys just take off. Like, so I see the appeal there. So uh, I'm going to root for Kyle. Like, you know, he's the greatest Raptor ever, just special player, like Hall of Fame career. Um he's earned anything that he wants in this life so big fan of his well that's why i keep my phone on me at all times you never know when that Woj bomb is going to break when it comes to kyle lowry <laughs> or maybe even masai ujiri maybe that news will be coming soon and who knows maybe you'll be extremely fortunate it'll come in your latest twitter space with jake fisher which is going to commence in just a little under an hour here but reese <laughs> the, the show is drawing to a close i i do thank you once again for joining me but before i before we sign off of course like i do with all of my guests I do have some fun questions to send you on your way. Let's do it. One, two, three, 
So something that I learned in researching you is that you are a financial analyst, which is something a lot of people could use these days during the pandemic. Reese, what's the biggest mistake you see people make when working and using stocks? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, selling out early, the, the the panic sellers, the panic buyers too. Like uh, uh, the one thing I see with uh, Twitter, you know, the Twitter stock candles, uh, a lot of stuff is pump and dump. And, you know, it, especially back when I used to be an advisor, the rule of thumb is you just want to buy good companies and hold on to them. Right. And, and, and that's just kind of how it is. Like, yeah, follow the markets, follow trends, you know, look at what sectors and certain periods of time are you know, more lucrative or will help you out a little better than others but uh and you know follow current events of course but uh the, i saw what happened with the GameStop stuff you know people made a lot of money in 48 hours and then people lost <laughs> yeah. 401ks the next day uh probably not the best course of action saw the amcs like people buy amc right away just because a reddit thread told them to and make a bunch of money in a day and then you get up super optimistic and then your portfolio cuts in half the next day and you're upset and you're having an, a panic attack or an anxiety attack. So just buy good companies, hold on to them, try not to overreact. Uh, and just know, like, for example, like the S&P does 10, 11% a year. So just if you want to keep it easy, buy one of these index funds and just don't even look at it. Kind of like what I like to do with my Roth and all that. Well, I don't know what the hell any of that means. That's why I'm in the financial situation <laughs> that I am, but we appreciate the advice here on the Walter Sportscast. And Reese, I know you've resided there for most of the pandemic, but what's the best thing about living in Chicago? And in contrast, what would you say is the worst thing about being in the Windy City. Chicago winters are brutal. Like they're right there with Toronto. Like, I'm not kidding. Like it's so bad. And the snow, like the, it's, the snow is heavy. It's like, a, it feels like a blanket. Like it's heavy on your feet. It's heavy when it hits you. Um, the wind slaps you in the face. Like, so just that's, it's so bad. Like I gotta find like somewhere to live like four months out the year. Cause I don't know if I've, I'm trying to do that again. <laughs> but uh, I, best thing about Chicago, there's always, great stuff to do like uh the neighborhood i live in i'm not about to give it give that out you never know who's listening but uh, of course you know the the neighborhood i live in like they have like a lot of festivals like you know like they'll have like international food day they'll have like stuff at the park that's a lot of fun like i i like to step out and just i'll go high like grab a blunt like or like just a little something to drink and just go walk around like going to the park is amazing the food here is amazing um I'm a nightlife guy, so uh, it's not so much like I love like the club and stuff like that. I love getting tacos after the club because the drunk food scene here is amazing. Like it is the best drunk food city in America. So that's that's big for me. The the 1 a.m. tacos. Have you ever had Chicago deep dish pizza? I have. If everyone's gonna tell you Giordano's, don't do that. They they're gonna tell you about a uh, what's it called? Uh, Lou Malnati's. Don't do that. Gino's East, best deep dish in Chicago. Gino's East is amazing. Best deep dish. And then if you want thin crust Chicago style, Nancy's Pizza. Sponsor so. the podcast, all these pizzerias out here in Chicago, <laughs> because now. I would love a slice. I never knew if deep dish was worth the hype. I hear a lot of mixed reviews about it. Like, it just depends on the spot, right? So if you go to a spot where the deep dish is shit, like, it's going to be soupy. Like, uh, it's going to be, like, like just a little thick. Like, it's it, that's not it. Just, that's why I like Gino's East. It's like, it feels like a double-decker upside-down pizza, which is what deep dish should be. Deep dish should be, like, perfect cheese to sauce ratio the the crust should be have the, a little crunch but soft like a soft feel on the inside like that's deep dish get it with a side of ranch 
and go crazy. Like, that's what I do. Reese, I ask everyone this on the podcast. Let me know of any shows that you may be currently binge watching, or if you're not doing that, what was the last great show that you've caught? The last great show. Uh, my favorite show out right now is called The Last Kingdom. I okay. love medieval times type, type stuff. Like, I love Game of Thrones. Uh, I love, like, it all started because I love the mo movie Braveheart. That's my shit. Like, I know Mel Gibson just fell off, like, just became a weirdo but like Braveheart was Braveheart kind of set it off for me and then I watched Vikings I'm a big fan of Vikings Game of Thrones but Last Kingdom on Netflix is probably the best one of the best shows I've ever watched what else do I like uh I like Lupin uh like big fan of Lupin and then I got a shout out anime like uh I love Naruto I love Attack on Titan Attack on Titan probably my favorite show right now that's still going on so yeah, I love anime. If you, I'm trying to get into anime even bigger now that you know I get to work remote and I get to like have something on at all, all times and not, not to go to the office downtown. So if you got shows, uh, anime shows for me, shoot me a DM, shoot me a tweet, and I'll get that started. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty basic when it comes to anime. I'm like a Dragon Ball Z guy. I love Yu-Gi-Oh. I know William Liu on Twitter always busts out a, the occasional Yu-Gi-Oh reference. And when it comes to Game of Thrones, shout out to Walder Frey, you know? I'm not him on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not the villain that he made the Walder name out to be. But yeah, Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh when it comes to anime. My my top two, probably. Shout out William Liu because I love Yu-Gi-Oh too. I played Yu-Gi-Oh. I had like the Dark, Magi Dark Magician deck. Uh and stuff like that. You know, I have my illegal cards. I might've had three pot of greeds uh, in my deck. I don't know if you're allowed to do that, but uh, I love the show too. Not the newer ones, but back when it was just Yugi and Joey and all of them. So yeah, shout out Yugi. That's, that's prime time. Blue Eyes White Dragon. <laughs> Gotta love Blue Eyes White Dragon. Shout out my guy Seto Kaiba. Misunderstood, that's why I like Seto. So. <laughs> Well, well, Reese, at this time last year, when asked on Twitter which player you thought was better between Ben Simmons, Luka Doncic, and Trey Young, you tweeted that Ben Simmons, when it's all said and done, but you can see why people would say that it's Luka. Would you like to take a mulligan on that take, or are you going to go down with the ship at this point? No, no it's, it's Luka for sure. Um, and at that time, like, you're hoping Ben takes the next step as a score because he did score at every level like he's a dominant score in high school he was getting buckets at lsu he was shooting the ball at lsu like he was hitting mid-range the three ball wasn't there but you know and he had good mechanics so you you saw the the allure with just he can really push the pace with the ball in his hand on a string like he's a real guard but he's six eight six nine and just explosive athlete like an elite defender like a legit guard one through five so it's like you just you like the whole package there and then just the free throw never comes so now he doesn't want to attack the basket he can take anybody off the dribble um and he doesn't attempt mid-range well like he used to have good touch you know like nice floater like a six nine guy with a floater like the way pascal does like that's that's a weapon right doesn't utilize that anymore and uh he's scared to shoot so a lot of it is mental like you hope that he can still be a good player like um but he's making a lot of money in this league like he still impacts winning so like you know it's not the worst thing on earth if this is what ben simmons is a 16 8 and 8 guy like that's still a high level player um in this league but it sucks for him because the potential for more uh was very real he could have been one of the best players in the world and uh luca is just just so dominant so special like just as a scorer just as a playmaker the nba workout or the nba like uh like physical development programs that they have for these like the training program and whatnot and their doctors just made him an even better athlete like just 
he has no holes offensively in his game. He's a special guy. I love watching Luke Brooks, So, Reese, you're a man of the people. What, like we do here on the Walder Sportscast on most occasions, give me one or two Twitter handles that you feel deserve more of a spotlight. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I like six and six. I like the six man. Uh, I like shout out Sandy. Like she has really good ones. Uh, all the dishes girls there. Like all their tweets are hilarious. Um, what's it called? Uh, who else? Who else do I like? I like quite a bit of people. I like Kings. Like that's an NBA <laughs> Kings, bro. He's funny. I like all my Avi Twitter guys. Like uh, like OG Clamp God. He's hilarious. I love my boy Robel. Robel Tussin. Yeah. Like, he knows it. He knows his shit like he's a he's a basketball genius so shout out him man i said all the avi twitter i i like uh krina krina she's really good she's got really good stuff uh and then all my third intermission guys they're all really good too uh jordan uh you know sticks is he's the man darren dave dave our producer he handled everything he the mastermind so shout out to him i like walder that's my guy chris walder he, he, he get it done so uh that's some good <laughs> some good gifts too i like anybody with a good gift game yeah, flattery will get you everywhere my friend i mean <laughs> that's one of the first times i've been shouted out during this segment so i hey, thank you on, very boy. much i got man. you, you <laughs> reese is you. purple umbrella by saw baby the most beautiful song you've ever heard or is something top that if it's not that i, I love anime world by saw baby uh pierre born there's an artist pierre born i love him uh he's got a song called guillotine it's amazing oh my it's euphoric uh if i said that right and then there's one more song uh fuck fuck what is it what is it what is it what is it um drunk and nasty by pierre born it's like if you're about to go out or like you're gonna go out to dinner go out on a date uh hit the club whatever play drunk and nasty is just a it's an amazing vibe. It's, it doesn't sound as like erotic as it sounds. It's like it's actually just a very good vibey beat. So, uh, "Drunk and Nasty" by Pierre Bourne as well. So those three. I've had "Purple Umbrella" on repeat on repeat throughout amazing. the entire day while my fiance has been working in the kitchen. She's like, "Is that on loop?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, it is." I found <laughs> yes, this sir. song researching my guest today, and now it's making the playlist. Let me tell hey, you, I love it. Hey, I'll make you a playlist whenever you want, bro. I got some good ones, so let me know. Uh, I appreciate you, man. But what you might not be appreciating me in a second because I did some digging and I found an old Twitter account of yours from when you joined the platform back in 2014. Nah. You had two tweets, but the number one tweet garnered 11 likes, all of which I think were from porn bots, but that's neither here nor there. But the tweet was... <laughs> Quote, understanding women is quite the struggle. Maybe there's a book out there or something that could help me out, unquote. Seven well, you, years later, Reese, do you understand the opposite sex any better than you did in 2014? Well, you know what's crazy? That Twitter handle is not mine. It's not. What? It's a, I have a, it's a friend of mine from college, right? She created a... Okay, so uh, were we high? Like, I, we're either smoking or we were coming back from the bar. Uh, and, and we were like we were like doing this thing where we're creating fake twitter accounts of all our friends or whatever right and like what would be in their head right so like i had like a similar conversation with her maybe a couple days prior i'm like like i don't know what i was going through or who i was talking to at the time but i was like man y'all ladies are difficult like y'all are like uh so confusing like what's going on like i just some situation i don't understand it you know like men we're dumbasses like so I, like i don't think too much like into shit and like you know, so like I said something like that. So her first couple of tweets are like, how, how would Reese talk? Hey, this is exactly how I talk. And we were just laughing about it. And we we're doing this to like uh, all our other friends. Like you're creating like you grab like a picture off their Facebook and then just create a handle and then just tweet how they would talk. And we we're just talking shit about each other. Like it's hilarious. So that's actually. Yeah. So that's not me. I've been this duped. Me. This I can't is even groundbreaking. Get into that 
<laughs> I can't even log into that account. Like I don't know the password. I don't know the email. None of that. It's your so. name. It's your photo. I I thought I had it covered, but again, I've been <laughs> I've been bamboozled here with this news. Oh no, you're good. Uh, but to answer your question, like, uh, still no, never. Still no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody will. <laughs> yeah, they're they're. They're oh, complex man. creatures, the complex creatures, man. We're all kind of all complex. Uh, we're all kind of hard to read. So. Well, this is making me doubt my research for future guests, but uh, <laughs> I think that's good, I bro. think that's so funny that it wasn't even you. But yeah, I'll, I'll do I'll do a little more sleuthing in the future just to make sure that you know no one's making any fake accounts out there. But again, <laughs> if you keep getting famous, there will be more uh, fake accounts of you out there in the near future. But. Lastly, Reese, as a new closing question here on the podcast, if you were to leave social media forever, effective immediately, you know, no more tweets, no more posts, no more Twitter spaces, what's the one thing you'd want your followers to most remember you for? You know, I, I'd want them to just know that, you know, I always kept it real. I was always keeping it a bean like I don't, I don't need to lie about nothing. I don't need to hide anything. You know, I. I talk like this, how I tweet is how I talk, like the way I banner with people is how I banner with my friends. Like, you know, um, I like to say, even if I disagree with people, like we always kept the G, you know, kept it real. Like no one felt disrespected. Like I didn't like, you know, intrude on anyone's space, like made everyone feel good. You know, we all human beings, we want to feel good. We want to feel heard or, you know, people want their voice to matter. And I, I hope I empower people to like, you know, you can talk to me about whatever. I'll talk to you the same type of energy. Like I'm going to respect what you got to say. You know, and just it's all love at the end of the day. Just keep it, keep it real. Well, Reese, you are certainly one of the most real guests that I've had here on the Walter yeah, Sportscast. You know, what you see is what you get. And I definitely thank you once again for coming on my podcast today. You know, you're recording another Twitter space shortly, which I hope everyone will check out. And there's more to come from you on Twitter. I'm certain of that. You're extremely entertaining, and there's a reason everyone is rooting for you. But before we sign Thanks off, so much, quickly man. remind the listeners where they can find you on the web. Third Intermission Podcast, we're at Toronto3RD. Uh, and then my Twitter's Rockley Reese, R-O-C-K. L-E-E-R-E-E-S-E. -E 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 -E. I think that's how you spell it. Yeah, so uh, shoot the shits with me. DM me, call me, text me, whatever you need. Like a uh, pretty available guy. I'll be on shit, so. <laughs> Reese, <laughs> thanks again for doing this, my friend. All right, thanks, Chris. Had a great time. And that was my interview with the man they call Reese. Follow him on Twitter, of course, at Rockley Reese. He'll be well past me before you know it in terms of Twitter followers. I mean, how can anyone not like this guy? Extremely honest and forthcoming just a real dude all around. Like I said, what you see is what you get with Reese. The guy you can go to the bar with and talk sports with for hours on end. The king of Twitter spaces as well, if he wants to put that on his resume. And of course, by the time you listen to this, his latest with Bleacher Report's Jake Fisher will have generated a ton of interest once again. This has been episode 48 of the Walder Sportscast. If you enjoy today's show and want to support the pod, leave a rating and review because it goes a long way. Use promo code TBPN over at DraftKings when you're signing up. And as always, use promo code WALDER at manscaped.com to save 20% on your next purchase with free worldwide shipping. Episode 50 is just around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. Hit me up on Twitter at Walder Sports if there's someone I should get for this big show. For now, though, that's another one in the books. So as always, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. <laughs>